Today's episode of the Pug and Cop Boxing Show is brought to you by Remarkably Remote, a new daily microcast from the experts at GoToMeeting, all about making work from home work for you, with indispensable intel on how to stay sane, motivated, and productive at home, we're here to help you in this brave new remote working world. Find us on smart speakers or subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. You can also listen at gotomeeting.com slash tips, T-I-P-S. That's gotomeeting.com slash tips. Hey everyone! Hey, th- thank you again for joining us for another episode of the Pug and Cop Boxing Show. We're uh, hunkered down on quarantine as this uh, continues, uh, trying to make the best of it. And uh, you know, although there's uh, no boxing on the on the fight schedule right now, there are definitely some things going on that we will touch on um, on on this week's episode. Mike will talk about you know the UFC is trying to become basically the first uh, sports body to return to action by uh, staging a fight either at uh, Tachi Palace in Central California or on this new uh, whatever island Dana White says he has found. And we'll get into, you know, like, how does boxing uh, uh, move forward from this? Like, the zone needs some live, live programming, so what will they be doing? Would Eddie Hearn be able to uh, come up with a creative idea to allow for boxing t- to get back to business? And then we've had some interesting comments on social media and interviews uh, with Errol Spence discussing uh, the future of his career and also a great back and forth between lightweights Devin Haney and Ryan Garcia. Uh, but first of all, Mike, how you doing? How's how's life uh, out by the beach? Uh, and I really see much of the beach right now, unfortunately. So, uh, you know, some bad weather. We have some rain this week. It's getting a little cold. And I think people in general are starting to get fed up with this rather than settle into their routine. You're absolutely right, Mike. I don't know about you, but I've had a couple of days, uh, you know, leading into today where it's like, I can't take it anymore. I'm so cooped up. It's just driving me batty. And, you know, I think all we can do is just try to, uh, as much as possible, maybe go for a couple of walks outside, stay away from people and uh, do what we can to just remain sane. But especially when you're, uh, when you have a, a, some significant downtime, it's amazing what uh, what what happens to you mentally, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, luckily I have a dog, so I've been going on lots of walks every day, getting out of the house, but definitely missing boxing. Um, it's going to be a while, I think, unfortunately. I don't know that we're going to see any boxing promoters do this Fantasy Island reality show that Dana White's doing, but um, I, I just I just don't know how that's going to work. Yeah, and I, I think, Mike, you know, right at, as soon as we got off the air um, last week, you know, we learned, because we talked about it and we speculated, look, the first fight, the first boxing match, the major boxing match that we may get to is Anthony Joshua against Kubrat Pulev, uh, June 20th in in, um, in England, and then that, that gets postponed. So it's like, where is this, you know, where is this schedule looking at right now? And, you know, I reached out this week to uh, some people to just check on the health or check on the status of Canelo Alvarez's uh, fight or the discussed fight with Billy Joe Saunders that really needs to take place in the, in the first half of June. 
And, you know, right now there's no official postponement, but again, there hasn't even been an official announcement of Saunders as the, oppo uh, as the opponent. So that too uh, remains in limbo. Yeah, there's so many question marks right now. And hopefully fighters are staying in shape because the ones who are healthy and ready to go are going to be the ones that get the first dates. From people, I, I spoke to a few people this week as well, and the promoters I spoke to seem to think that the earliest boxing returns is June. And I think even that might be a little ambitious, but they seem to think prevailing sentiment June or July with no fans, and then the fans come back after that. Okay, very interesting. Well, as we as we alluded to, I think it's very interesting because we're you know uh, I know we're a boxing show, but combat sports uh, is is sort of trying to take the bull by the horns on this matter with UFC uh, President Dana White working his best to try to place UFC 249 uh, to keep it live April 18th at either Tachi Palace in Lemoore, California, or uh, a private island or a, a, some kind of island that he says he has secured that would host basically a, a full card, Mike. It would uh, be headlined by lightweights uh, Tony Ferguson and Justin Gaethje, you know, after the Khabib uh, uh, Nurmagomedov uh, 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 fight fell off with Khabib being stuck in Russia, but you know this is raising a lot of questions, Mike. And I've got to I've got to be honest with you. The first thing that I thought of when I saw all of these efforts to really kind of circumvent what you know the regulations and advisories and you know health mandates that are in place right now, it really made me go back to when. Uh, Senator John McCain of Arizona labeled MMA human cockfighting. And that was something that the uh, Lorenzo Fertitta, who ultimately takes over ownership of the UFC as the chairman of the company, really railed against. And, and one of the, the comments, one of his, uh, his often used phrases from that point forward was that we are going to run to regulation. We will always try to uh, do the right things. If you have a concern about the brutality of our sport, this is what we're doing. We're trying to maximize, uh, you know, all, all the health and safety measures that we can to show that we're just not, you know, behemoths going out there to kill each other. And yet, you know, this situation in which the UFC seems to be risking a lot of liability if any of these fighters falls ill or, you know, takes any kind of, uh, uh, spreads any kind of coronavirus or has to like, you know, require hospitalization um, to a, a very overtaxed, overtaxed medical um, system as it is, it really is, is stunning to me. And I'm, I'm very surprised that he's making this, this strong of an effort to try to ensure that this fight happens right now. And it's not even a fight that everyone wants to see. You know, the, the Magomedov yeah. fight, as you said, is off. So he's trying to save a replacement fight. And you're right. The, the medical liability is enormous. Like, are you going to have enough doctors? What doctors are going to be there? Um, is it going to be, are there going to be secondary doctors? Because the other doctors don't want to go and be exposed to this. And what happens? I mean, these are fight sports where fighters, multiple fighters are routinely hospitalized on a card. They're going to be, you know, going to an overtaxed hospital. And, and further draining their all their support and resources, it seems a little odd. And I don't think we're going to see any boxing for a while, at least not in the U.S. on any kind of grand stage or the U.K. Look at the U.K. Boris Johnson, the prime minister, is in intensive care. I mean, if, yeah. if, if he happens to die and lose this battle, what happens then? 
you're gonna have boxing you know a month later yeah so that that's a great point mike because you would think uh and i want to get into this a little bit more i wanted to talk a little bit more about the ufc situation but you know look i think eddie hearn is is probably the the person who has uh came across as the most aggressive in trying to get you know the fights back on television um and 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 I guess this is this is another thing, Mike, because I do understand it from the fans' perspective. And honestly, like having covered the UFC for so long, I understand the passion that the MMA uh, fight fans have. And I know a lot of them are saying, you know, like why is anyone trying to uh, stop Dana White? All he's trying to do is bring entertainment to us as as his fan base and and provide some kind of action. Um, that, you know, when everyone has been deprived of any any sporting content on television. So I understand that that point's being made, but it just seems as if, you know, look, I was thinking about this too, is that they just had this summit, this sports summit, right? Hosted by Dana White's, uh, basically his good friend, Donald Trump. I mean, he's uh, he spoke at the convention in 2016. He's flown on his, uh, on his, uh, on aircraft one, and all that. But it's like, here's Dana White. He's finally made it to the adult table, so to speak, because he was brought into that summit that included NBA commissioner Adam Silver, the head of uh, baseball, Rob Manfred. And um, I'm not sure if it had Roger Goodell, but... No, Goodell was there. Okay, that's great. Well, they talked about the future of all the sports and whether they can take place. And yet... And yet here's Dana White, you know, now responding to this after getting invited to this thing to show that he is big time, showing just, you know, a complete like lack of professionalism, compassion and really awareness of what's going on in this world with this global pandemic where, you know, thousands, tens of thousands of people uh, are dying. And of course, boxing was not represented on the call. You know, this boxing always gets the short shaft, short end of the stick. Uh, it's being so fractured. I mean, I'm so confident that if boxing wasn't fractured, it'd be way more popular than UFC. Mm-hmm. Boxing matches are infinitely more entertaining, in my opinion, than MMA fights. But then you have the UFC, which is so organized, and you get the best fighting, the best, and it leads to this, where you don't—they probably don't even know who to call to have on the boxing on this boxing side. <laughs> They're not going to call Bob Arum. That's for sure. Yeah, maybe Eddie Hearn. But um, look, I, I get where Dana White's coming from, and. The reason he got to this point and is as successful as he's become is because of this bulldog spirit and how entrepreneurial he is and not taking no for an answer. So I get it. That's just his spirit and that's his way. And it's not easy to shut that off. And I, but I, you would think that, and again, I, I asked myself this several times, you know, when I covered the sport, it's like, is there anyone to really kind of say like, hey, dude, just kind of chill it on this one right here. You know, like let this uh, let's step aside real quick on this one until until uh, things calm down for a little bit and, you know, just see what the lay of the land is. And then, you know, look, when we sense that there's an opportunity to jump right in there and do it, let's do it. But right now, I mean, as this as the peak is is going upward, you know, and as as people are worried about uh, remaining employed, um, you know, someone made a great point to me too. They said, like, who's even going to buy this buy this fight? We're so worried about um, the virus itself and uh, keeping employment. Do we really have an extra seventy dollars that we're going to shill out for a UFC fight right now? And so it's just a, it's a tough situation. Um, you know, I agree with you. You know, knowing knowing Dana and his bulldog spirit, that he does want to 
uh, press on. But, you know, it just that it's like the awareness of the timing is just lacking right now. And I know we've got a lot of coverage on our MMA side on the athletic that I would I definitely point you to with uh, Ben Folks and the uh, on the whole team over there really busting their butt on this issue. Uh, so please check that out. Uh, but, you know, Mike, I mean, back to boxing. How does boxing enter this fray? Do you think boxing is just sort of like, you know, doing what I'm saying and just kind of biding its time until the until it feels it feels more right to, you know, start staging these fights? Well, I do because I've been in talking to people. There are so many issues that go beyond simply having people in large gatherings. So let's let's say, for example, that they do Eddie Hearn does Regis program Maurice Hooker, right? Because that was the next major fight on the schedule yeah. when this all hit us. So let's say he mm -hmm. goes ahead with that. Now you have two fighters. That's two. Referees three. Team the the cornermen. That's another six. So already you're at nine people. Right, plus mm -hmm. you know doctors and so forth. Even without undercard fights, you're well over ten, and so that that right there is a problem considering uh, CDC guidelines at the moment. Right. Beyond that, I guess you could say, all right, well, we'll test everyone when they come into the fight, but when you have to test them on fight night, you have to test them at the weigh-in, you have to you have to have it almost in some kind of controlled environment, because if someone leaves that environment and comes back, then they could then be you know infectious again look at what's been reported about with major league baseball where they're trying to create this bubble so to speak in arizona where everyone's in that and they don't leave you know it has to be, almost be like an olympic village so yeah. i i don't know I, I guess i could see where you maybe create some village where you have fights you know every day of the week but i think it's going to be hard to have any kind of traditional show at undercards yeah, absolutely. And you're you're absolutely right. These people do have to be hunkered down for 14 days, really, right, as far as what, what we're hearing, uh, before we know that they're not, you know, symptomatic and incapable of spreading uh, the coronavirus. And it's, you know, look, you talk about everything else. I mean, we all have these same concerns about, you know, ordering out for food or just doing anything outside of, you know, where we are isolated is, you know, it seems to be a very, very... Um, a perilous point that we stand at right now in, in this country and in, and in the world. So um, there's so many unknowns. But yeah, I mean, look, uh, to have Progray and Hooker, Mike, we, we know that this is a, a very entertaining fight. We've got a guy, you know, that the zone has a guy in, in Virgil Ortiz, the, the uh, you know, reigning prospect of the year, who's chopping at the bit to fight. You've got Jose Ramirez, who had his fight. Uh, previously delayed in China, who wants to fight as soon as possible. And the CDC guidelines extend until May 1st, you know, at this point. They can always, like, you know, decide to to keep that going all the way through the through the month of May. But um, at this point, that has not happened. So you would, I would, I would expect, I, here's, here's my prediction. I think that Whenever the majority of the states or the country feels as if it's past the uh, the, the quote unquote peak, I think you're going to see some movement by the uh, by the boxing um, promoters. Because look, we do know, you know, given the history of this sport, if there's any kind of like uh, a wiggle room and an opportunity to try to cash in, they're going to be uh, chomping at the bit to do so, right? Yeah, I think a lot of people are going to be looking to what goes on with the NBA because they were the ones at the forefront of all of this with Adam Silver as the commissioner putting the halt on 
the schedule pretty much. And from what we've all heard, there's going to be a decision in May. So I think everyone's going to be looking to see what the sports leagues do and the NBA in particular and kind of follow their lead. But because, you know, we don't even know what arenas are going to be open. And I also wonder, Lance, what happens to Las Vegas? I mean, Las Vegas is a city that's in shambles right now. Their economy is in tatters after this whole lockdown. You know, an, an economy based on tourism and hotels and restaurants all closed down. So what becomes that? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've received some messages this week from, uh, you know, you have the same friends that I do over at MGM Grand. And they were saying, look, we can't wait to get back in business. We just wanted to check on uh, on you guys and see how you're doing. And I can assure you, they've, they've just put out a little commercial, uh, like a promotional commercial saying that we will be here as soon as, you know, as soon as things are deemed safe, we are going to, going to be the same old Vegas. And it'll be, you know, even more fun because there's all of this uh, uh, pent up desire to uh, to be there. To be honest, Mike, little confession here in uh one of the things that I've done to occupy my time during this, uh, during all this downtime, is me and my son have sat down and started to invest in a, in the stock market because it was so so far low, you know. And one of the ones that we jumped on that was very low was uh, MGM Resorts because it was, uh, you know, just a, a fraction of what it was at its peak. And so, can I can assure you? Look, I mean, when when all of this is over. People are going to be uh, wanting to flock to Vegas and to flock to, you know, destinations uh, throughout the country to get away and, 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 and vacation and enjoy their, their life and not be uh, pent up in their house any longer. So I think, you know, when it's going to happen, I don't know. But when it does happen, uh, especially for you as, a, as this uh, uh, young single guy, you're going to want to be there. <laughs> Go get no, them. I, I, <laughs> I agree with you that everyone's going to be wanting to go out, but I think it might be, I'm a little more skeptical on the timeline. I think a mm -hmm. lot of people are going to be fearful of being on airplanes, being in hotels, cooped up around a ton of people in a big, you know, casino. I think it might be a while until pe people feel confident in their safety again. That's a great point. And especially when you are talking about Las, Las Vegas being an international destination, you know, this is something where, you know, that's why you're seeing, right? That's why you're seeing so many problems in New York because you've got people traveling in there from throughout the world. You know, it's not like Nebraska. It's like, you know, here's everyone um, gathering and this is, and look at what, look, look at what we're seeing. Right. So I, I just wonder what's going to happen to all the workers in Vegas. I think Vegas could be a place that doesn't resemble anything like we used to be. If this goes on long enough. And Mike, you're absolutely right. I mean, while we say it, I mean, and like we said, New York, another is a, another New major York, yeah. fight hub. So, I mean, the two, and, and Los Angeles is not exactly, you know, free to this. So, I mean, all of these major uh, fight locations are dealing with this in a very devastating way. And you're, you're absolutely right that we know that, you know, how people respond to this is, is going to be all over the map. Some people you know, have a no fear attitude and some people are scared to, you know, take a breath, it seems like. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be very interesting to watch. Mike, um, I wanted to talk to you about I don't know if you watched this thing from beginning to end and I can't say that I did. But I know that Errol Spence uh, made an appearance yesterday uh, or yeah, yesterday on the PBC Live with Ray Flores. And he talked about, um, you know, what he's going to do. Uh, in the in the coming year as he resumes as he resumes 
his action and you know his standing as a two belt well undefeated welterweight champion. Um, what did you think of that conversation, at least from the remarks that you may have heard? I mean, I think I think Errol Spence is ready to go. You know, he's he's heard all the critics say he's done, and I fully expect him to fight a significant opponent in his first fight back after all this. I don't think it's going to be any tune up. Do you, um, does Danny Garcia make the most sense? I know that that I, I didn't really hear Danny's name mentioned, but does he make the most sense for Errol coming back? I think Danny is definitely the front runner right now. You know, there was there was a deal for him to fight. Danny Garcia on January 25th at Staples Center. And that was before the car accident. And from everything I've heard, that's the fight that could definitely happen uh, when everything resumes. But, you know, that's I think a part of the issue right now is so much could change with everything before everything resumes, right? Yeah. And then he was but, talking about a September return day, right? I'm not sure, but, you know, I, I think it's hard to know when when – fight dates are going to happen again. I I do feel pretty confident that, that the Wild, the Fury fight on October 3rd should be safe. I mean, if it's not, we're in big yes. trouble, bigger than boxing. But yes. September, I mean, maybe. I, I just do – I do expect Spence to fight soon after this all starts. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see who gets the first dates, right? Everyone's going to want to be fighting. Everyone. Yeah. And who's going to get those first dates? And how many dates are there going to be? Are there, is PBC going to go on Fox, you know, two weeks in a row? Are they gonna, or are they gonna go on the same kind of schedule and backlog fights the next year? I mean, I, I worry about a lot of these fighters because a lot of athletes and boxers in particular live paycheck to paycheck, even if they're making a ton of money. They just have extravagant lifestyles. Yeah, it's. it's uh, I know that Jill Diamond, um, you know, one of the high-ranking people at the WBC, put out a, a a memo that I saw on her Facebook page saying, "Look." Boxers, you are all independent contractors and you have the right to draw unemployment. And I know, look, we know it's not that much, Mike, but um, in a lot of cases, these guys have been used to, you know, scraping by. And so it's something and it at least will, you know, allow them to have some 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 money in their pocket. I mean, I spoke this past week to Clarissa Shields. And she said she didn't know what she was going to do, but she made the, she made the great point. She said, "Look, you know, I know I've come from a humble background here in, in Flint, Michigan, but the more money you make, the more money you spend. And now I've I've reached this point of of this lifestyle that I'm living. You know, she's just coming off a, a Showtime main event, and now she goes into this uh, unbelievable unknown dry spell of not having a, a fight. She was supposed to fight in May." She won't get that fight, and who knows when she'll fight again. And there is a lot of uh, there is a lot of unknowns and and fear that th these people are um, are dealing with. One other thing, Mike, on this whole front is I was very touched by this uh, situation with the the trainer Robert Garcia, who has posted on social media his interest in helping out those who are jobless uh, out in the public, and he has offered to provide. I believe it was as many as three hundred. Um, gift cards to restaurants throughout the community um, to help help support support any any people in need. We just had a flood of requests, Mike. Uh, uh, where you know each story after uh, the next was more heart wrenching than the other one, and it's just you know uh, I know that we both feel this way. You know we hope that all you guys are hanging in there as as best you can. And our thoughts are definitely uh, with you. And, you know, we, we uh, hope and pray that um, 
you know, this is over as quickly as possible and that you um, you get back to a point of, of living a full, healthy, and, and uh, productive life. Um, Mike, I know you wanted to uh, as well talk about this uh, other situation that's taken place with uh, Devin Haney and Ryan Garcia. They, these two have really been going at it, huh? Yeah, I love to see young guys take initiative. And look, Lance, you and I both know that any fight that really rises to the level of, of what we'd call a super fight, it takes years and years and years of dedicated dedication to build that particular fight up. And these kids are doing a great job. At, I think, what, Haney's 20 and Garcia's 21, I think. Uh, and yep. they've been going at it on social media constantly, you know, showing DMs talking shit to one another. I think it's great. And when that fight does eventually happen, and look, both guys are, are aligned with the zone and fighting at 135 pounds, I think it's going to be a huge one. And hopefully, I, I don't know if next year is the right time or the year after that, but the time isn't now. Right now, I would assume that you would like uh, Devin Haney in the fight if they were to fight today. Is that true? I don't know. I, I think it's a real coin flip. I think... I think Ryan Garcia is a lot better than people give him credit for. And I think people are starting to finally realize that. And this kid has incredible power. And I would have put him pretty high in that top 10 punchers list that we did if he was fighting at the championship level. But he hasn't been yet. I, I do have a lot of hope that we can see Ryan Garcia versus Javante Davis in the near future and really get a great look at just where Ryan Garcia is at. Yeah, he's one. He's one of those guys that Mike we know as the schedule, uh, you know, returns. He's going to be right there, ready to go. Correct? Yeah, he's going to be ready to go, and I don't see any reason why Ryan Garcia and Devin Haney can't be true superstars. The kind of guys who carry the torch for boxing. Both great guys, great, uh, great talents, and tons of personality. So I think the future is bright for boxing, and. There are guys coming up, so great to see some guys taking the time right now to better themselves and raise their profile in some trying times. Absolutely. Well, everyone, thank you so much for joining us on this uh, latest edition of the Pug and Cop Boxing Show. We will be back next week, and we will break down both of the epic Canelo Alvarez Gennady Golovkin fights. And uh, I know that having rewatched these on uh, on video, Mike. My scores were a little bit different than they were in person, so it should be an interesting conversation. I'm looking forward to talking to you about that, Mike. Yeah, same to you, Lance. Everyone be safe out there.